Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Welcome into the Nuts. This is season one, episode 137. No key be- no. <laughs> Let me start again. Welcome into the Nuts. This is season one, episode 137. No quarterback in Naptown. Big news to start the morning. Carson Wentz out. He is going to have surgery on his foot five to 12 weeks. I'm all. How does this affect the race in the AFC South? It's going to be big. You know, if he comes back in four to five, five weeks, six weeks, it won't be a problem for the Indianapolis Colts. But if he's out for potentially eight to 12 weeks, you look at the backup quarterback situation there. Jacob Eason, the young man out of the state of uh, Washington, actually ended up transferring back home as he played at Georgia initially. Uh, he's got an opportunity to be, uh, you know, really, if he can seize this opportunity. There's, this is a talented offensive team. When you look at the Colts outside of the quarterback position, to me, I could make a case they're in the top five most talented offenses in the league. Oh, I would agree with you. The balance that they have, the offensive line, this is a team Running ready game. to win now. Quentin Nelson, probably the best offensive lineman in football. People talked about this when they got Carson Wentz, how injury-prone he was. We discussed it. Will he be healthy this year? I told you the bet on Carson Wentz was under because this guy will not play will 16 not. games. You absolutely yeah, That did. one's about the cash. Will you guys cash that ticket already? Because this thing's going to be done in a couple we'll, of weeks. We'll surrender for half of your <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, we don't have to wait. Uh, opening week, Seahawks come to Naptown. Mm-hmm. They're a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Changes everything. I mean, you, you look at it now, you're going to have an inexperienced starter, potentially under center. Uh the opening date for the uh, the season starts on what? September, September 12th. 12th. Okay. And Ian Eagle didn't know where he would be when we asked him that. Which game he'd be calling on September 12th when we asked him. 
couple of months ago. That's well, you know, I, I, in his defense, was probably looking forward to that great slate of college football that Saturday before on September 11th. The five o- games? Oregon at Ohio State. Oh, uh, that day, that day. And the, uh, but to me, when you look at this uh, Colts team, you had a lot of things going on towards this season where you felt pretty good about your chances, division going in the right direction. Think about this. If you miss out on this year for the Colts, now next year, uh, Jacksonville is probably a better team in the second year under Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. Uh, you've got a situation where Tennessee looks like they're going to be competitive for the next couple of years. And Houston can't be any worse than they'll probably be in 2020. You'll have clarity on the Deshaun Watson situation. So this is going to be a big blow. But this is what happens when you bring in a guy who gets injured getting up to go get a cup of coffee. I want to talk about the division odds that you just referenced. Before this news, Titans were favored at minus 110. The Colts were the second choice at plus 140. The Jags were 7-1 to one and the Texans were 20-1. to one. Off the Carson Wentz news... Look at how the odds have changed. The Titans move from 110 to 120. The Colts up from 140 now to 180. The Jaguars from $7 down to $5.550. But how about the Texans? They went from 20 to 1 to 28 to 1 with no Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's amazing. Did they have some sort of plan that they were going to attack Carson Wentz only? I, I guess they were going to win those two games. So. <laughs> Uh, because it looks like I'm looking at Maurice Jones-Drew on NFL Network, and it looks like unless Maurice Jones-Drew is playing running back for them this year, 28-1 uh, to is uh, absurd on what their odds are right now. I just say that because Maurice Jones-Drew looks like he didn't miss a carry when he was running. He hasn't missed a meal since he retired. No. Uh, do you agree with the move from the Jaguars down from 7-1 to one to 5-1? to one? Um, Yeah, I do actually because I don't think they're going to win the division, but let's say Derrick Henry got hurt. Then you're left with Tannehill to throw the football. And I, I'm telling you, I, I think when you look in the NFL, and this is where the, the books are starting to cover themselves a little bit last year. Remember, Washington won the division at 20-1. to 1. Uh, By the way, I want to be like Mike Palm and let you know I had that one. But uh, anyway, um, you, when you look at these divisions right now, there are teams that can come out of nowhere. The best example I always point to is that St. Louis Rams team with Kurt Warner, right? Backup quarterback. Backup quarterback who nobody had ever heard of outside of the high V. Peter uh, Falls. That's exactly right. Comes in Iowa Barnstormers, and they win the Super Bowl. Uh, but when you look at it right now, in this division, I don't think it would be impossible uh, if a couple of injuries were to occur to the Tennessee Titans for Jacksonville to make a push if they're more competitive with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and the rest of this team. When we look back at Carson Wentz's history, 2015, he missed eight games due to a broken wrist. 17-18, uh, torn ACL, eight games. Back fracture, five games, and now five to 12 weeks with this foot injury. I mean, listen, this is a guy, he's the quarterback version of Robert Smith. You know, I don't even know if he's as talented as Robert Smith was, but Robert Smith was fairly injury prone, and Carson Wentz is the same way. And I think if you're any team, don't go full Major League Baseball and sign him to a long-term contract that you sit there in two years and regret. This guy, to me, has got to be on a year-to-year contract, and if he doesn't want to re-sign with you, tell him, hey, good luck elsewhere. Uh, I agree with you there. Do you think that there's any shot um, that instead of Easton, we're going to see Ellinger take time? This is the Nuts. Welcome in. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. Talking about the backup quarterback situation in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz out 5-12 to 12 weeks, going to have surgery on the foot. Eason will probably be the starter game one. Do you think Sam Ellinger sees time during, not based on an injury to Eason, but based on Eason's performance in the time before Wentz comes back? You want to play the coach killer, don't you? The reason why Tom Herman is out in Texas is because he chose to go with Sam Ellinger over Shane Bouchelle. Bouchelle is a far more accurate quarterback. I don't care what Ellinger, he's on a roster, and if Bouchelle is not, it makes no difference to me. In the collegiate level, you want accuracy. That was the difference with Bouchelle. If Ellinger comes in there, Frank Reich is giving up on the season. They might as well tell uh, Colts fans we have season tickets at half price. 
right, we want to continue our preview of the different teams. We were in the NFC North talking about the Vikings with Paul Allen on Friday. We want to resume the division with the Chicago Bears. Let's take a look at the team odds first, and then we'll look at the individual odds. To win the Super Bowl, the Bears are 65-1. to 1. To represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, 35-1. to 1. So they're, they're better than... Better than 2-1, to one, actually, to win the Super Bowl if they get there. Plus 550 to win the NFC North. This number really hasn't changed. Even with the Rodgers in, Rodgers out move, they didn't come much off this number at all. Win total is set at 7.5. It's even money to the over. So if you think the Bears can go 8 or 9, 8 and 9 or better, uh, you get even money on that bet. you got to lay 20 cents juice under 7 and 10 or worse. To make the playoffs, you get almost 2-1, to one, plus 190. And to miss the playoffs, they are favored at minus 240, that there won't be a playoff team in the NFC. Well, first of all, you have to like the over on the win total. You know, we're talking about the Bears like they were 5-11 and 11 last year. They were 8-8 eight and eight the last two years. Yes, they weren't great years, but remember, they still uh, made the playoffs a couple of years ago. Or was it, excuse me, last year, right? No. Uh, or two years, I'm two, sorry, two years two ago. Years. Two years ago, right? They were in the playoffs. Uh, and to me, when you look at this team, I, I think 8-8 eight eight is not a bad play on them. 8-9. At, at yeah, eight you get nine. An you get, game. Yeah, exactly. I think they got a better chance. I think there'll be a lot of renewed energy in the building with Justin Fields. I, I'm a little bit surprised they're starting the red rifle. I don't know if they want to protect Fields from getting crushed by uh, to me to against this t- team last year. I mean, ex- excuse me, against the Rams. So uh, I would expect them to be better. And they uh, were, and they, they they were a wild card team last year. Yeah, wild card. Um, week one at the Rams, Justin Herbert. I'm sorry, Justin Herbert. Justin Fields. I can't Jesus get Herbert Christ, off my man, you mind. Can't. I don't know where he's in this rankings. We're, we're but, by talk. the way, why don't you do we're me a favor? Why don't you just tell me what day of the week we're not going to talk about Justin Herbert or reference Justin Herbert? That way it'll be easier for the rest of us. Mike Sando from The Athletics is going to join the program in uh, about 35 minutes. We're going to talk about this quarterback rankings he did amongst NFL executives and coaches uh, and Justin Herbert's one of the talking points we'll have there. Also, your guy, Derek Carr, how highly he ranked uh, in that second tier. Um, if Justin Fields has the ability to start early in this season, and, and we've surmised that it might not be week one, maybe it's week two, so he doesn't go to SoFi to take on that awesome Rams defense. Paul Allen says you got to play him in week one. I would agree with you. I think they've got a very good shot at being near 500 here this year. Remember, they're probably going to beat the Lions twice. Right. That's um, that means he, 25% of the he, wins. He doesn't think they have any chance of beating the Vikings. I, you know, well, I have to be honest with you. Paul Allen thinks that the, the Vikings could put up 45 points against the 85 Bears defense, and not because they're adding 35 years to their age. I'm talking about in 1985. One of the great unsung moments in Beeson history was Friday when Paul Allen said, I hear music. Why are the Cardinals only $1.40 against the Twins? Yeah, today? they win that game. And he, was ab- he, was absolutely. Ab- he was absolutely right. The hard outs probably cost a, a bet for many of our Beeson listeners here. But if you get them, you look at the schedule. I'm, I'm home, home in week number two to the Bengals, winnable game. They'll be favored against the Lions at home. I, I don't think at the Raiders they're much of a dog. Maybe a field goal. Yeah. Uh, home to Green Bay is tough. At the Buccaneers is tough. Versus the 49ers, they'll be a dog at home. Small dog probably. At the Steelers, we're not high on the Steelers. I think that's a winnable game. Uh, and then they get the bye. They get the Ravens at home. Winnable game at the Lions. They get the Cardinals at home. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Soldier Field's been a house of horrors for him. They do have to go to the Seahawks, but they get the Giants at home here. This team can be can be competitive, close to five uh, five hundred at even money, eight and nine. 
You know, I, I think they've got a chance. Now, there are not a lot of easy wins on the schedule. They have to get the two against the Lions, as we alluded to. I think Week 12 is the Thanksgiving game. Um, but, again, a lot of times if you get off to a fast start, because when you look at the schedule the first seven, eight weeks, they're looking at potentially being a 4-4, four and 3-5 four, and five type of team. But I think the 49ers, they can beat them at home. Let's see how Justin Fields does. Because if Fields plays well, I think this team, he doesn't have to be great, just has to play effectively. Trubisky couldn't do that. There were so many three and outs, you would have thought this was Canadian football. I think they'll be favored in three games. But I think there's another handful of games where they're a short home dog that are, yeah, win, that are winnable, winnable games. games. They're, they're three or less at home. Yeah, exactly. I think they can steal a game against the Raiders on the road. I, look, I think they're the type of team that they could lose to the worst team in football on any given Sunday, and they can beat the best team. I don't think it would come as much of a shock. All right, let's look at the individual awards for the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy for Coach of the Year is 22-1. to 1. Here's an interesting one for you. Your guy from Ohio State, Justin Fields. Plus 850 for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, now this is including both conferences, correct? Mm-hmm. I think Fields is a good bet here at 850 because you're looking at uh, Wilson in New York. I don't think he'll have a good enough year unless he just puts up tremendous numbers. Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence is obviously the front runner and no surprise there. But I think the fact that Fields plays in a bigger market in a more competitive division and also with an opportunity to keep his team in games. Remember, the Bears will get some of those late 4 o'clock Eastern window games that they'll play in. Uh, San Francisco's probably one that comes to mind very quickly. You'll see in Soldier Field in Week uh, 8. Of the rookie quarterbacks that are you know the, the co-favorites for this award, we could say, um, that are going to start early that we predict, doesn't he have the best offense around him when you look at when you look at Lawrence? That's, that's the other thing, yeah. When you look at Lawrence and Wilson, and I don't think uh, uh, Trey Lance is going to be playing early in the year. I don't think Trey Lance is going to play much at all yeah. until they realize Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy. And you know how you know Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy? I always point this out. Mike uh, Kyle Shanahan didn't take a timeout in the Super Bowl when the Chiefs had the ball second and long. He, he always knew Jimmy yeah. G couldn't play. That's a great point, Amal. Tremendous. Offensive player of the year. Allen Robinson is 65-1, to 1, and David Montgomery also 65-1. to 1. You know, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of wide receivers that have won uh, players of the year. Jerry Rice, Michael Thomas. I, it's, it's so hard. It, it, it's so difficult. You have, I mean, Michael Thomas set an NFL record with 149 catches. And, and even then, it wasn't, you weren't sure if he was going to win it. So you can't bet on the wide receivers for these positions. I agree with you. Uh, David Montgomery, same thing. Running back, they devalue it. Look, the reality is the running back position is still vitally important. It's just that most people in the media just follow whenever once somebody says something. You know, kind of like the Kansas City Royals or the Seattle Mariners are going to win their divisions. Uh, people just follow the status quo and are afraid to stand on their own two feet. Khalil Mack, Defensive Player of the Year. Now, this is one that's interesting because he still can get the sack total. He's still a respected guy. He can put up numbers, and if the Bears are competitive, he's going to be instrumental in this turnaround. If this team were to win 10 games, Mike, I think Khalil Mack would have to have a big season, 15-plus sacks. Is that enough of a price for you to take it? I think so, with a player like Mack. I mean, when you think about the top-edge rushers, you're talking Miles Garrett, uh, Aaron Donald, obviously, at uh, tackle, but then T.J. Watt, and you'd have to put Khalil Mack there right there in the top three guys, especially from the edge when you're talking about edge rushers. Aaron Donald always has to be the favorite every year. He does, but the problem is uh, the position he plays. That, that tells you how great he is. For him to be able to achieve what he does, what do you have, 20 sacks from the defensive tackle position? I mean, that's just insanity. And then Roquan Smith for Defensive Player of the Year comes in at 40-1. to 1. No, I, I don't think he'll be able to put up enough numbers. He would have to be about 10 sacks and 100-plus tackles and a couple of picks along the way. Probably four would be a magic, three or four would be a magic number there. All right, Amal, so let's boil it down here. Are we going with win total? Are we going with make-miss playoffs? Or are we going to go with Justin Fields or Khalil Mack for individual awards? Um, probably go with two here. Go with Mack and Fields. Because I'm not completely convinced that the, if, if this Bears team doesn't make a switch at quarterback 
immediately that they'll be able to win a couple of games. I think Justin Fields will make a difference offensively for the team. I think you'll see it just a crisper break of the huddle. There's there's an enthusiasm that's renewed in Chicago. I can't remember last time, and you see Bears fans on social media and other places. I have a couple of friends who are Bears fans. They're, like, ecstatic. They think Justin Fields is going to win him a Super Bowl. I'm like, calm down. I mean, he's still a rookie quarterback, but that goes to show you how bad the quarterback play has been in Chicago for so long. Uh, Jacob, can you throw back up the uh, offensive uh, rookie of the year odds again? When you look at this and you're looking to take an 850 with Fields, is Lawrence your main fear here? Or do you think Najee Harris has a shot as well in Pittsburgh? No, I have Najee Harris at 15-1, to 1, but here's the mm-hmm. thing. To me, why Fields is dangerous is, Mike, I think there's a couple of factors involved. Justin Herbert proved last year. I know he had a terrific season. I don't want to, you know, disparage your son in front of you. But the reality of it is Justin Jefferson had a better season. And for him to not win Offensive Rookie of the Year, it tells me it's almost impossible for anybody who's not a quarterback to win it anymore. So I'm taking Wilson out of the mix because I don't think the Jets are going to be that good. Lawrence is a guy that you have to contend with. For me, it's going to be those two guys. Those are the front runners. And if Fields somehow sneaks into the playoffs, which is a greater likelihood than Jacksonville, Justin Fields would in almost all likelihood be the guy. Tell me about your feeling on Urban Meyer and how he'll utilize Lawrence this year. Well, I think Urban Meyer is going to run the football a lot more than people realize. He drafted Travis Etienne. They've got Robinson, who I really like. I think the fact that teams are starting to realize you need two good running backs. We see it in Cleveland with Chubb and, of course, with um, uh, uh, Hunt behind him. So if you can do that, Etienne can be effective in the passing game. Tremendous speed. It'll be a lot of fun to see. And I'm really curious because the one thing Urban – gets credit for having had great talent everywhere he's been because he's a great evaluator, but he's never really had a great quarterback. And now he's got a great passer in Trevor Lawrence, right? JT Barrett, Chris Leak, Tim Tebow. None of these guys are guys you're p- pulling, you know, if you're drafting first in terms of pickup, saying, hey, this is the quarterback I want. Um, I want to talk about a story that came. Well, first of all, my, I agree with you. It feels it's going to be my official play here for this as well. Um. I like Mac as well. I think you have to take Mac at 15 to 1. I agree with you. Um, Najee Harris is actually the second choice right now, and Justin Fields the third choice. Um, Najee at 8 to 1, Justin Fields plus 850, Zach Wilson 10 to 1, Devonta Smith 18 to 1, and it goes on down. What's from there. Lawrence at? Uh, he is now $3. Way too short. I think. Uh, plus $3. What is this, the NBA? I mean, come on. There's no way Lawrence should be a three to one favorite in an NFL rookie of the year situation. I mean, that's. I mean, the the team. He he's the number one pick because the team was bad. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I mean, we know they'll be improved, but still. I mean, what are they? Five wins. I think about the quarterback got to start all the games as a rookie, like Troy Aikman. Very bad teams, and you take your lumps. You're not going to put stats up. And Troy never got credit for his toughness. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he, was a, up, he got beat, beat up. up that first that yeah. rookie year. I want to talk about a big story was here. That you know, we've had the different continents, the European Championships. We had South America uh, with Argentina's win over Brazil, Italy over England, and then here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium yesterday, the USA takes down Concacaf Gold, beating Mexico one to nothing, zero zero through ninety. They score and added time. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, there's only two teams that I follow very closely. It's Ohio State Buckeyes football and USMNT, and for them to win this win this game without having the main namestays, that you, I mean, the main names that you're used to seeing all the time, right? These, this is a younger team. They don't have quite the experience. They're not probably as talented as the best squad that you would expect the U.S. to field during the World Cup in 2022 in Qatar. Um, but to win this and to play defense the way they played it, and by the way, Matt Turner, this guy is an elite-level goaltender. 
and he showed it. That save that he had early on on the corner kick, that was the difference in the game. I think it would have been very difficult for uh, the U.S. to come back had they fallen behind one nothing. I was so impressed with their defensive effort, and I was talking to a friend of mine at halftime, and he goes, well, he goes, I think Mexico is controlling the run of play. They're going to have a chance. I said, there's one thing you're not including, you're not taking into consideration. The U.S. is dominating the play uh, in the air. When the balls were coming in from the wings, it was hard for Mexico to get good looks from headers. U.S. was able to clear them. I, I'm just, I'm so happy because when you look at this team, and so many times they're always kind of second fiddle to Mexico to be able to overcome them and to win this. And what, what really pisses me off, though, is here in Las Vegas Allegiant Stadium, it's a sold-out crowd. And it's like a pro-Mexico crowd. You know what? Screw you. You live in America. If you don't want to cheer for us, get the hell out of here. I'm sorry. USA should have been the champ throughout the entire night after, especially when they scored in the 118th minute. I'm so happy they won this game. Well, when we had the semifinal games here Thursday, we had a huge crowd standing room only, and and yesterday as well, though. But it was the majority of folks were cheering for Mexico. They came to support Mexico. Not a lot of te- not a lot of people following Team USA. I'm sorry. Are we, are we in TJ? Are we in Mexico City? Well, when we, if the game was played at uh, Estadio Azteca, I'm sure there would have been a lot of Americans. Yeah, I'm sure there would have. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, did you end up playing? I know you didn't give out an official play on Friday. Did you end up betting this game yesterday? I did. I took the under. I actually took first half under because it was one. One. Because I said, mm-hmm. that's a great push number, right? You you got to get beat at two. The number went from 160 to 180, but I still thought it was worth the juice. Ended up taking the under two, and I remember watching it, and I said, this thing's... There's no chance there's going to be two goals scored here. It would have to open up, and the way the U.S. was defending, that's the one thing I think that got overlooked coming into this one. Both of these teams had only conceded one goal each. In the entire tournament. Tournament, yeah, mm-hmm. and they were tremendous defensively. So impressed with the job they did. Loved the counterattacking by the United States. Really, I, I just was happy that the U.S. finally gets recognized it, it, because you look at the program was on the rise in the late 94, especially the uh, World Cup being here in the United States. 98, things started looking like they were trending in the right direction. Then they take a couple of setbacks, and they just didn't look like they were going to be competitive. They get rid of Jurgen Klinsmann. I thought when Klinsmann came in, it would make a difference. and really never did. And now you see this program going in the right direction. I'm not saying that, listen, I have delusions of grandeur, and in 2022, my all-time sports fantasy is going to come true in the United States win the World Cup. But at least now you look at it and say, hey, listen, if we could just get some of these great athletes that we have in this country to play soccer, we have a chance to be far more competitive against some of these other teams. How would you describe the level of play in this match? I thought it was outstanding. Do you th- do you think, and somebody said to me, this U.S. team could compete in the in the English Premier League as constructed? I, I think, yeah, I think they would compete. They're not going to be a top-four finisher, mm-hmm. but they're going to compete. Yeah. And, and we see it. Look, they're, they're getting better and better. And one of the things that I love is to become so defensive-minded tactically. That makes a difference. We talk about this all the time. If anybody who follows soccer knows this, the best defensive team in the world is and still, will, in my opinion at least, uh, appears to always be Italy. They get the lead. You can't beat them. The United States said, listen, we're going to take our chances. They get the set piece, 117th, 118th minute. Beautiful goal. I mean, finally, great service into the box. They take advantage of their athleticism. They get the goal. I, I was just so impressed the way they played and they competed throughout this match. I end up breaking even on the match. I, I, I laid juice in under two and a half, but I took Mexico plus 115 in the three weeks. So I ended up breaking. I hated all the flipping, flopping, and all this. Mexico trying to draw a penalty in the first half. I think it was getting out of yeah, well, Maybe someday one of those guys get hit by sniper fire and they'll actually go down. When we come back, we're going to discuss a team that made major moves at the trade le- deadline in Major League Baseball. Is there enough time for them to make up the gap on three different teams? That's next on The Nuts.
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome back into the Nuttime, Mike Palm. He's the Mall Shaw. Coming up in 20 minutes, we're going to have Mike Sando of The Athletic. Interesting quarterback poll amongst executives and coaches, grading quarterbacks on three or four different tier levels. We're going to discuss how that vote came down and our opinions on that as well, uh, as well as some of uh, the, the moves going on in the NFL. Now, Amal, we want to take a look at some games in Major League Baseball today. I want to start out with the Blue Jays. They made so many moves at the trade deadline. I wish they'd have made these moves before the season, giving themselves a better shot to win. Uh, but they but they did sweep your Kansas City Royals o- yes. over the weekend, and they find them <laughs> they find themselves three and a half games behind Oakland for the second wild card. They're tied with Seattle in that spot, but they have to climb over the Yankees as well. So that's always a consideration, not just how many games back you are, but as well as how many teams you have to pass up. Um, Robbie Ray goes for the uh, Blue Jays today. They host the Indians. Eric Morgan. Uh, had one outing against the Blue Jays earlier this year, and he got rocked. He gave up six runs in two and two-thirds innings. This number just keeps skyrocketing as the steam is with the Jays today. Amal, they're laying 250 $1.30 on the run line with a total of nine. 
Yeah, when you look at the matchup, you know, you I got to give you credit. You were the first one to point out how hot Robbie Ray had gotten and how effective he had been. When you look at this team, Burrios yesterday, and he was 250, but run line, you could have got him in between 125 and 140. Thought it was a good bet on against that Royals team. This Toronto team, and you, you've been kind of banging the drum for them. They've got a chance. I, I hope they make a push. I don't know if they'll be able to because the Rays continue to sizzle. Oh. But uh, Robbie, uh, excuse me, Robbie Ray against Eli Morgan today. Uh, Eli Morgan comes in with the uh, airplane uh, ERA of 747. Uh, <laughs> probably not necessarily the guy you want to take a look at backing in this one. But Mike, the price seems a little bit high for an American League matchup of 250, uh, 130 on the run line. I, I'm if I'm going to play this one, it would have to be with Robbie Ray run line. Remember, home game goes in about 40 minutes. Yeah, this is the early start. The only yep. early start today. Uh, next game, Mariners go to the Rays. Rays, what a weekend they had. Dominated the Red Sox. Now find themselves a game and a half on top in the American League East. They're going against the Mariners. Huff lost yesterday. Um, Gonzalez left the game. I think they were up 3-1. Uh, to one. They end up losing that game 4-3. to three. I played them yesterday. I wish I'd have played them first five. I guess I learned my lesson there. Um, Flexen has been good all year, a money-making pitcher, because he's always a dog in these games. But he has lost his last two starts. He's given up uh, nine runs over nine and a third in those two starts as well. Rays, a double-digit, uh, $2 favorite here again today with a total of nine. And the run line here, minus a run and a half. You can find it at minus 110, 115 in some spots. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Flexen struggles. Last time out, gave up those seven earned runs in just four innings. Um, that's a little bit of area of concern I have for him. In terms of this matchup, though, I would never lay this number with Michael Walker. <laughs> this is absurd. You'd have to look at Flexen or to no play here. And if you want to uh, maybe... Take a shot with the uh, Mariners plus a run and a half. Also not a bad play at minus 110. I think it's either Mariners or no play here. Uh, I would agree with you here, Amal. Um, Flexen's worth a look, uh, especially at Absolutely. a price like this. He's a, he's, it's simply a price play. He's been very good as a dog this year. We talked about the Blue Jays and where they stand. Um, percentage points ahead of uh, the Mariners in the wild card race. Are the Mariners a mirage? Do you think they're around at the end? Do they make any noise? No, they do not. I think they go quietly back into the Seattle night and they can get ready for uh, Huskies and Hawks football up there. San Francisco Giants, I said to you uh, before the weekend, the Dodgers had to think that they were going to make up ground on the Giants this weekend. They were in Arizona for three. The Giants were hosting the Houston Astros. It ends up they both go two and one. Dodgers didn't make up any ground over them. And now the Giants get to go to Arizona and play these reeling Diamondbacks. Uh, Anthony Desclafani, who we've been talking about all year, starting to come back to earth a little bit. He's given up, uh, but has been good against the Diamondbacks this year. He's given up only three earned runs in 13 and two-thirds innings against the Diamondbacks. And Widener, who's going for the Diamondbacks tonight, he's earned, allowed five earned runs in his last two starts, and he hasn't gotten out of the fourth inning in either of them. Yeah, he can be in trouble. An impressive job by the Giants this weekend, taking two out of three against Houston. They were down in all three games, yeah. rallied on Saturday, rallied on Sunday. Yeah, make no mistake about it, this team is here for the rest of the year. I still think they got a shot to win the division despite the acquisition of Scherzer and Turner. In terms of this matchup, uh, Chase, you got to look run line here, minus a run and a half, the hitter-friendly ballpark. Here's the other thing. Uh, defensively, some issues right now for Arizona. Giving up three touchdowns in the last two games against the Dodgers. They get outscored 21-3 to Saturday and Sunday. I don't know if the bleeding stops here against San Francisco. If you if you want to play the money line, I, I just don't see why you want to do it. $2 on the road. How about a run line here, minus 125? You can find this run line at even money at William Hill right now if you're interested in it. That's a good price. Plus, they're the road team. You're guaranteed nine at-bats. Well, think about Hair Friendly Park. This is my place where I would love to do it. And, and the one thing about the National League West, you get those two ballparks in Colorado and in Phoenix where you have an opportunity for the run line at you know fairly easier situations than most parks. 
And the Diamondbacks have offered very little resistance when they get down in this game. 33 and 73. What was the Dodgers yesterday? 12 nothing. I mean, it got... 11, yeah. It, yeah, yeah it, come on. Don't add in that extra it, run. It got out of hand early. Amal didn't have any plays over the weekend. We're hoping... We're hoping... Don't hope. He has a... Oh, gosh. I have one play. That's next on The Nuts. Send College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings them all for every single team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VSIN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all-access trial today. Simply go to VSIN.com slash Subscribe. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Mall Shaw. Mike Sandal from the Athletics is going to join us in 10 minutes. Talk about NFL, specifically about quarterbacks and where they're evaluated amongst uh, front office and coaches in the league. That's a, there's some interesting ratings that came out on this 50 person. Uh, I, I can't wait to ask him how long it took him to compile this story. He did a fantastic job. Oh, absolutely. It's a it's a, it's a great read and a great analysis of each quarterback. Oh, it's beyond unbelievable. just their numerical rating. Um, I was a little disappointed on Friday with a full weekend of sports. I know you were, had other things. You were hit and run on Friday coming in, so you, maybe your mind was, was elsewhere that you didn't have a play, but I was so looking forward to see where you would be going today. So let's go to the Amal. Oh, no, it's not Amal, and it's Amal, Amal out. Well, you know, it's great that we got all these comedians working back here. I expect to see Jacob, our producer at the Comedy Store, uh, open mic nights on Wednesdays, uh, you know, so... Looking forward to seeing his set there. I'll be there. Have you seen his Facebook profile photo? I'm not he's, on it's, Facebook. It's like a, it's, it is. It's a, he's a stand-up comedian or aspires to be. <laughs> yeah, aspires <laughs> to be. Uh, but let's give credit where credit is due. It claims your record is 101, 86, and one. That is correct. I went back and looked through. He's correct. <laughs> I, I set you up. I thought it was wrong. <laughs> no, he's correct. correct. He's correct. Well, yeah, he's right. correct. He's accurate, if not funny. Okay, I do have one play today. <laughs> I have one play in baseball today. I, I don't know. I I'm going against Mitch Moss. I'm going he against the him. Brewers. He likes the Brewers tonight. I you tend do too? to, yeah, because you know, Mike. Yesterday, and I, we were just talking about this before the show. I thought the uh, Phillies were in a great spot, having lost the first two against the Pirates. I love better teams avoiding sweeps, mm-hmm. and I just don't see the Pirates being able to carry over even after that loss um, and bouncing back here. Friday, we disagreed on a game, right? Yeah, which one? I don't was know it? if either of us pl- played it. Which one was it? Oh, I did play it. Was one of my. I liked the. Uh, I liked the uh, Astros on Friday night. You liked Gaussman. Uh, yeah, yeah, you were correct on that one. Uh, yeah, that Giants was the only game losing. they got. Yeah. That's the only game they got in that series. They blew them out. They uh, the big grand slam, I think, in the uh, fourth or fifth <laughs> inning. Yeah, they uh, they did, and then they came back and uh, and roughed up uh, Grinky on uh, on Saturday, and then rallied against Luis Garcia, who had a two nothing lead yesterday. This Giants team, you add in KB in that lineup, they're dangerous now. You look at that. By the way, do you like that acquisition, Chris Bryant? I do because Crawford plays on that side of the infield. So you let Crawford get as many balls as he can, and you let Bryant just stay away from it as far defensively, but let him come in there and use that thunder stick and hit the ball out to left field in San Francisco. You think he'll be better than Longoria in that park? 
I didn't realize Evan Longoria had been playing for the last five I, years. I'm just saying, though. In yeah, a, I, well, a compar- not, in a comparison would, role. Yes, but here's the thing. Longoria's got to be your defensive replacement seventh inning or later because he can yeah. still hit the ball. And defensively, he's a far superior defender compared to uh, Chris Bryant. I talked to a couple Cubs fans over the weekend. Of course, they're disappointed. Their team was dismantled. Dismant- that was absolutely disgraceful. But both of them said the least disappointing thing was Chris Bryant going to the Giants. They were more upset to, to lose Rizzo um, I think and Baez. Yeah, I, well, Baez is a terrific player. I would agree with that. I think if you go one, two, three, Rizzo brings a lot of different elements. Bryant's probably a little bit more of a talented player. But I think Anthony Rizzo, and this is a great line Joe Morgan always used to use when he did Sunday Night Baseball. I think Anthony Rizzo is a winning player. I think he does things that help you win games, whether it's picking up a ball at first place, base that's in the dirt, extra hustle, laying a bunt down the third baseline because you're overshifting. I, I think he just makes winning plays. Meanwhile, the Yankees hot too. Mm-hmm. Uh, as hot as Toronto's been, they're they're matching them in their chase to try to get. Do to we this really consider position. beating the Marlins, who can't score now that Adam Duvall's out of the lineup and he's been traded away? That really that much of a difference? I think the Braves had an underrated trade deadline, which is they, what they they picked up some key players, including Adam Duvall. I, I like the acquisition of Duvall, but here's the problem: to me, when you lose Ronald Acuna, I just don't think you can overcome it. I, I think it's too much. Uh, I I would agree with you, but I think they bolstered their chances. Obviously. They're going to have to get some pitching down the stretch here as well, both out of their starters and and their bullpen so far. But they, I think they gave themselves a shot. I, I agree more and more every day with Josh Towers that the Mets are not going to hang on to win this division. Well, yesterday, they're down a run. Was it yesterday or two days ago? I don't remember. But they're down a run. They have a runner on second base to start the ninth inning, and they can't get him home. I mean, these are plays you've got to make if you're going to be a winning team. You've got to figure out a way, whether it's a bunt, a sacrifice, whatever needs to do to move the runner over, yeah. get it done. On Saturday, they rallied against Wade Miley and did come back and win yesterday. They couldn't get it done. And I thought in a spot that was probably good for Stroman. Remember, he threw one hit ball for eight innings at the small park. Then he matched up with the Iniesta, but couldn't get the job done. Uh, Braves required, acquired a reliever um, from the Pirates, and that's where my play is going today. I'm going to take the Pirates at Milwaukee in this spot. Uh, I like the number here. I'm I'm not in love with Lauer um, at all, uh, but the, the the price is right here. You look at it, it's up to 185 now. I think I think there's a spot here that I just think the price justifies the play. I know Mitch is on the yeah, Brewers today, I, and you I, like the Brewers. Yeah, but I'm not going to lay I'm not going to lay yeah. with the with the uh, Brew crew here. If anything, I'd take the run line. But this offense continues to scuffle. By the way, I want to correct one thing. I said the Mets didn't get the runner home. There was two outs, so I gave up knowing the Mets. I didn't think they'd be able to get a two out hit. They did tie it, and as you alluded to, they won that game on Saturday. So I uh, apologize for that. But you know, you mentioned this uh, Pirates matchup here. Yeah, Bryce Wilson, who they acquired in yeah. the trade. Uh, couldn't really find a, st- a spot in that Braves rotation this year. I know he that's beat a, Kershaw. That's an indictment of you as a pitcher, though. Listen, Freed's been free, uh, not Freed, uh, who's the kid? Uh, Soroka's been hurt. Yeah. I mean, to me, if you can't get in this rotation regularly, you miss some opportunities here. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the Padres while we have a few minutes yeah. left in this baseball segment. Darvish, bad again. No, he's not bad. I've always known he's not that good. I told Josh, Towers and I had a bet a few years ago. Darvish will win. 15 games. I said, no chance. I'm telling you, I watched this guy in Texas. He is not good. I know our friend Josh says nobody wants to face Darvish in a wild card game. Who doesn't want to face him in a wild card game? Are you kidding me? One of those hanging meatballs? (laughs) They're lined up. They're lined up. And now that they weren't able to get, let's project this. If they do hang on, and I don't think the Reds are out of it yet either, uh, they're going to make a push here. But if the Padres do hang on for that second wild card and they do end up going to Chavez Ravine, they didn't get Scherzer for that spot. Are you starting Darvish? Snell's been bad. Is it Musgrove? They really don't have a reliable starter right now. Paddock is garbage. 
They put Lamette to the bullpen. Weathers. Now, Weathers is a short guy. You know, he's not going to give you more than five or six innings. Oh, I, I don't know you, who you're... I thought you were referencing height. No. <laughs> um, you know, my problem is when you look at these other teams, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's even Cincinnati with Wade Miley right now, Wade Miley currently is better than any starting pitcher that the Padres have. Uh, obviously, we know them what the Mets have. We know Wheeler can pitch for the Phillies. Dodgers, of course. But who is the guy that's going to take the ball? And you can you can throw out all the names. It doesn't make a difference. I don't know which guy your boy Jace Tingler can turn to confidently and say, hey, listen, we're giving you the ball in this wild card. Let's get us to San Francisco or who, whomever you're going to play. My boy Jace Tingler. Oh. Uh, you know I'm being facetious. I, I, I know. You know, the Phillies, I thought the Phillies were in the best position to come back here and take advantage of it, but they keep losing games to teams that are well below 500. Up next on the Nuts, we're going to have Mike Sando from The Athletic. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook, offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available play sugarhouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. And it's our pleasure to have Mike Sando join the program again. Mike is the writer uh, for The Athletic, an NFL writer. He has a terrific podcast, a football GM. And all, by the way, he has a Hall of Fame vote as well, Amal. Thanks for joining us again, Mike. Good to be here. I want to start off with the news of the day. Carson Wentz is going to have surgery on his foot. He's expected to miss 5 to 12 weeks. We see the Titans and Colts pretty much co-favorites in the AFC South. It now moves to the Titans being the favorite at minus 120, the Colts at plus 190. Do you think Jacob Eason can keep this Colts team close enough to when Wentz gets back that they can still win this division? Well, just like the Colts coaching staff, I got no freaking idea. I mean, who knows on him, right? You know, I mean, we got no idea if the number one pick half the time can come in and do it. So until you've played, I doubt it. You know, I think they have a pretty good team, but they're not advancing in the playoffs with somebody who has never played. I mean, I'm I'm just going to (laughs) bet. I'm going to bet the under on that one. So, uh, but, you know, Carson Wentz, this is not a surprise, is it? I mean, he's. Not at all. Four of the last five seasons. He hasn't played great consistently when he was in there. Um, And he wasn't the type of guy who could galvanize a team, right? I mean, he didn't connect with everybody as well as you'd hope your quarterback. So all those things were concerns, and they're like, okay. So he's not answering questions directly about whether he's vaccinated and their team having issues on that front. He's injured right away, which he has been in the past. I mean, he's kind of delivering on what the concerns were. doesn't mean he can't come back and be healthy and play 14 games and have a great year. That's still in play. But I'm very much in the camp of believing it when I see it with him. By the way, I believe the Easton family won't be voting for you in the state of Washington if you run for office. Ah. But uh, anyway, for people well, that don't what know... I'm just, I'm kidding you. I'm a fan of his because he was a big time recruit when he came out, went to Georgia. I always cheer for a lot of guys that come out of UW, but hopefully he's effective. But I I agree with you. It's hard to project a rookie quarterback in that situation when you're not expecting to get reps. Now he's going to be in a position. Let's see what they do there. Mike, I want to go to this terrific article you put out for the athletic in terms of the quarterback tiers. You, uh, Polled 50 people around the league. Mike's got some specific questions, including where you tiered his son, Justin Herbert. Uh, If you're unaware, Mike has adopted Justin Herbert. He's president of the fan club. But to me, my question is, before you get into the article, how long did it take you to comprise this? Because when I was reading this, this was so impressive. This is one of the most impressive pieces (laughs) I've read in terms of how you evaluate the quarterbacks. I love the fact that you gave insight from multiple people per player. Yeah, absolutely. I try to balance it out to where, you know, there's going to be some pointed criticisms in there, but don't make it one-sided. You know, give a range of views on each of the guys, and the rankings sort of speak for themselves. So it definitely takes me, uh, you know, I don't know, six weeks or so is how much time I spend on it. It doesn't mean every day that I'm spending 12 hours a day on it. But um, luckily for me, having covered the league a long time, having a lot of good relationships, uh, I don't 
anymore have to travel around to be able to talk to people. And so that's really helpful to be able to, you know, call people who know what I'm doing, who enjoy talking about football. And I learned so much from them and, you know, just gather over a period of weeks. And uh, I've done, this is the eighth year I've done it. So I've kind of gotten in a groove of how to do it. And uh, I was actually done with all of this before I went on vacation for my summer vacation. So it was a, it was a great year for it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it came out good and I'm proud of it. Talking with Mike Sando, senior NFL writer for The Athletic. He's compiled this terrific ranking of the quarterbacks, pulled 50 people around the NFL, GMs, head coaches, offensive coordinators, executives, quarterback coaches. I want to start at the top of Tier 2, Mike, and Matt Stafford, who's really tied for second in Tier 2, tied for seventh overall with Lamar Jackson, just behind Josh Allen. Are you surprised at all at how highly Matthew Stafford is ranked here and does this bode well for the Rams' chances of advancing uh, to the NFC title game or to the Super Bowl with this new quarterback? Yeah. Well, he's in the past been around 10 or 12. You mentioned he's tied for seven. He's been around 10 or 12. But, you know, look, what's happened is is a couple guys that were always ahead of him, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, they retired. Roethlisberger has fallen off. So I don't know that people are just all of a sudden, you know, changing their view on him. He's been a consistent mid-Tier 2 um, guy. Uh, what I love about this year, not just for guys like Stafford, but Carson Wentz, all these guys who change teams, it lets us ditch the narratives around them. And Detroit's been a narrative. I mean, we haven't been able to tell for sure um, how much the Lions are holding them back. And so you go from a bad situation to what's supposed to be a good situation. And now we get to see I, the, the thing I have that I think is hard for them. Well, well I think he does upgrade them. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's better than Goff. They won a playoff game last year. So it's a really high bar already. Um, I think, I, I don't know if I used this quote in the piece, I might have, but it's sort of like when you fire a coach who's 8-8. Eight eight. You know, you're disappointed with it, but 8-8's eight not a bad floor. How much better are the Rams going to be? Can they even win the division? I don't know. I mean, they, they've made a move I like. I think he's better, but the results aren't necessarily guaranteed. Mike, I want to go to the rest of this tier uh, in Tier 2. I love the fact that you got Joe Burrow included in there. I think this guy's going to be an absolute superstar. But there is one player in there, and I, I agree with the majority of the 34 players you have listed. Mike, you already know, Mike already knows I'm going to Ryan Tannehill. I am an anti-Ryan Tannehill guy. He couldn't beat out Gerard Johnson at Texas A&M. You draft a wide receiver to play quarterback. He got better when he went to Tennessee. But, Mike, I make the argument that Tannehill does well because he's got that unbelievable 18-wheeler behind him that seems to be running downhill as the game gets into the third and fourth quarter. How impactful is Henry in Tannehill's performance and how you have him ranked in number tier two? Yeah, I I think, well, he's always kind of been a high three, mid three, so... You know, you look at his numbers the last two years, they're unbelievable. You know, 55 touchdown passes, efficiencies to the roof. So he's getting his due a little bit there by moving into Tier 2. And one thing that's hard to do, it's hard to be 11-5 and five when you're really bad on defense. And so he gets some boost from that. But the things you're talking about are very much why he's not higher. You know, no one's watching Ryan Tannehill going, wow, that's a Tier 1 quarterback. Look at that. Only Mahomes, Tannehill, and Rodgers can do that, right? There's none right. of that. There's not a special component to him. Uh, and when you play in an offense where the defense is predicated on an elite running back, and oh, by the way, they're trying to pass as few times as possible in their offense, right? It's a heavy play action. It's a run the ball all the time. They're in the top three or four in the league for how often they want to run the ball on early downs. All of those things send signals to the rest of the league that 
yeah, we like our quarterback, but we're not real anxious in just saddling him up and, and having to win or lose the game because of him every week. And then when we get in the playoffs, granted, against a really good Baltimore defense, you know, they really couldn't do much when he had to do it. So that's why, you know, he sort of is where he is, and maybe that's as high as he can go. Mike, let's stay with Tannehill. This, you mentioned the success the last two years, the, the numbers, the improvement from Miami to Tennessee, remarkable. But he loses his offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who goes to Atlanta to become the head coach. He does pick up Julio Jones from Atlanta. Obviously, that move wasn't one for one, but those two things happen. Do you think this trading of components, Arthur Smith to Atlanta, Julio Jones to Tennessee, does it make Atlanta better or worse, Tennessee better or worse? Um, I think Atlanta gets better because uh, they they also took uh, Pitts in the top five, and, and he seems like a really special talent. So um, I think the play-action run game stuff that Arthur Smith brings um, will help them. That said, I think that's what Tennessee's still going to try to do. You know what I mean? So uh, unless Arthur Smith, unless they can't replicate what he wanted to do, um, Tennessee should be somewhat similar on offense. I think still, you know, they, they lost a couple guys at tight end position, but Julio Jones comes in probably helps them. I don't think it fundamentally changes who they want to be. I think they're going to try to play the same way. And I think I have thought there's going to be a little bit of uh, erosion for Tennessee. Just, just overall with some of the guys they lost. I don't know that Julio Jones makes up for all of that with the coach kind of leaving. You're probably just a little bit less there. Um, I'm not sure how much better the defense is, right? So are you going to go 11 and five again, um, you know, with a bad defense? Now that said, I mean, shoot, if Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz are playing, maybe it all comes out the same for them, you know? Mike, I want to switch gears a little bit. You're an NFL Hall of Fame voter, which is a tremendous honor for anybody who covers the NFL. I want to ask you specifically about John Abraham. This is a guy who had a tremendous career, wound up with 133.5 career sacks, ranks in the top 15, and here's why I bring this up. He had more double-digit sack seasons than Michael Strahan, who had eight more career sacks than him. I'm just kind of sitting there and suggesting the name, Jonathan Abraham. I to, be, to me, he feels like he should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I don't know if you had a chance to look at his numbers and where you yeah. come out on him. Well, it's you know I say this somewhat in jest. Um, it's been a bad couple of weeks for me. Fell five spots in the uh, all-time sack rankings because Pro Football Reference and those guys went back and did sacks to 1960. So since '82, when sacks became an official stat, he's 13th, right between Jared Allen and yeah. right and Leslie O'Neill, ahead of Lawrence Taylor. But uh, after they did all that work, he went down to 18 because some other guys that played earlier are on the list. Alan Page would be among them, right? Jack Youngblood, uh, some guys who are already a Hall of the Fame. I don't think that necessarily hurts his case. I think what I, I think he's one of those candidates who needs kind of t- needs some advocates and needs some awareness on him. You mentioned Strahan playing for the Giants, winning the Super Bowls helps him. What does Abraham have that's going to give him some traction? I think at the right people get behind him or get an awareness like you're raising, he's got a chance. Mike, thanks for the time. Terrific info. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Sando. Um, <clears throat> at Sando NFL. At Sando NFL, excuse me. We always appreciate your time, Mike. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, Betting Across America.
Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.